You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And uh, with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. Man, I feel like off today. For I know. I was just like, I'm like just everything like feels a couple seconds off. weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we have way, way too many things to cover uh, today, which is kind of cool. Actually, going into uh, next weekend uh, will be James Bond. Yeah. Uh, so good to uh, kind of round up a bunch of things because we will probably want to talk about James Bond for a long time. Yeah. And, and not weird. Uh, whether that's good or bad, who knows. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I don't want to like split that one up, which, uh, you know, Venom, I'm OK with splitting up. <laughs> right. Venom right. is uh, Venom's a big thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But we have a lot of things that I want to talk about, um, especially because uh, you like caught up with Malignant and uh, we, you know, we kind of skipped over uh, Cry Macho right. there for what that's been out for a few weeks. Um, and there are a couple other movies that I want to talk about. Um, Old Henry, uh, which I saw and you haven't, and Guilt, uh, right. which is Jake Gyllenhaal, Guilt. Netflix movie. I said guilty, but yeah. Uh, but before we do that, actually, I want to talk real quick about some TV, uh, just to throw some things out there. Uh, I don't know, because it's that time of year and there's, uh, there's a crazy amount of TV coming out. (laughs) And I think it's really funny at this point, you know, when it was like 15 years ago or something and it was the new fall season, it was such a different thing. Right. And it, it's weird to me, uh, existing in the you know press arena right right? uh because the all the other stations are trying to come out with things like the cable networks and stuff right they're like trying to go um we kind of have fall too but they come out with stuff all the time all over the place and and there's something just so not fall about fall anymore (laughs) and so (laughs) weird it It is so like you know even uh the big networks you know, they're like, hey, here's our new show, like Wonder Years, like the, right. you know, the, the redo of Wonder yeah. Years or whatever. Like, I have yet to see a Wonder Years promo where they aren't trying to get you to watch it, like, streaming or, yeah. you know, or it's Hulu that's actually advertising it because it'll, you know, or right. whatever. The Just all of these, uh, even like the big, uh, La Brea was really big, Yeah, had uh, really good ratings and everything. Yeah. But still, there's something like so weirdly not fall about the whole yeah. thing. Like everyone now is uh, no, but you can still catch up on it later right. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, it's just so odd that uh, and then and then plus you got all these competing, you know, the shows on cable that are coming out or right. the new seasons that are coming out. And man, it's just it's such a weird yeah. world. It's almost like it reminds me of how uh, you know, there's really no summer anymore. Right. For movies, which I mean de- certainly doesn't count now anyway yeah. for <laughs> right. the last couple right. years or whatever. <laughs> but uh but uh speaking of that though, Venom, 
uh, before we even, you know, get to her, it or anything like crushing at the box office and yeah. uh, making people happy. Yeah. So it's got that going for it, even if nothing else. Right. Um, so I do want to talk about a couple of shows. Um, so first of all, Midnight Mass, which uh, I don't think I've overly mentioned on the show no, yet. We haven't. Uh, and, uh, and it's weird because, uh, we got this, uh, double Stephen King thing going on today too, because we're going to talk about Midnight Mass and Malignant later. And he like gave very positive reactions on Twitter to both of them, which that's also such a weird thing. Like Stephen King can send out a tweet. Now the next thing you know, every ad you see for it is like Stephen King approved (laughs) or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and Midnight Mass is. Uh, did you watch Midnight Mass or some I, of it? I started. Or? I started watching it, and then we just had house stuff that distracted. And right, I, it sucks because I'm I'm positive. And it's long. It's, it's like seven. But I'm, episodes I'm or getting whatever. ready in the next couple of days to just go right cruising through it. Uh, so Midnight Mass is. Uh, it's it, it's by the you know same guy as uh, the Haunting of Hill House yeah. and all that you know that stuff. And and it's such a it's a weird thing. It's really weird experience that show for me because I liked it. Okay, right. And uh, and it was fun to watch. And for me though, it was mostly fun to watch uh, just for Hamish Linklater, who is right. awesome. Who uh, you know I've always loved him. He was on. Uh, I mean, he's been in everything. But what I what I remember him from is he was on. Uh, Oh, uh, what's that show? The New Adventures of Old Christine. Uh, oh, yeah. with, um, That's right. And he was Julie so good in that show. Yeah. And he's, uh, right. he's you know, when, when he stuff. was in that show, uh, I loved him because, you know, he was so straight man in a world where you don't really get a lot of straight men anymore. And, he, you know, he's a straight man and then he'd throw out some little, right. you know, zinger right. or something, whatever. But he was so good in that. Anyway. But in this, like, he's really good in this. And frankly, he's better, I think, than the show is. Right. Uh, because <laughs> the show is the show is good, right? But it's kind of corny. It's a very weird... Yeah, but, I mean... It's a very weird mood it. that they're trying to do in this show, right? Because it's about, it's about vampires, but it's about vampires in a very weird way, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and it focuses all on this tiny town that is an island. It's on an island. Right. And it's like a 30-mile boat ride to the right. next place, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's like an island that's out there, right? Um, which, actually, I didn't even know that until the very end of the show. Like, right. they tell you about taking the ferry and mm-hmm. you're doing this. And I don't know if maybe I missed something, but then way at the end, they actually mention that it's like 30 miles to the mainland. And right. I'm like... Damn, right. like, <laughs> like what? I that's yeah. a ways because it's small. I mean, it's a pretty, it's not tiny, but it's a pretty small thing. Anyway, right. but so it's like this fishing community living on an island. It's very small. They talk all the time about how they're losing people. Uh, one of the main characters like just got out of prison. Uh, and and like returns home or right. whatever, <laughs> and then you know they are. I guess somewhat obviously like very religious. They've got their one church. Everyone obviously goes because it's the tiny little town and yeah. you know, whatever. And uh and and they get like the new pastor who's Hamish Linklater. 
and uh, and then you know vampires and hilarity ensue and whatever. Right. And uh, and and the weird thing for me, it really was like pushing the limits for me that no one would say the word vampire, right? right? Because somebody starts acting like a vampire, right? There's no way that people are not going to go um, vampire, right? As opposed to just like vaguely playing along with things and describing things in other ways or whatever. Right. Like someone's going to go, dude, you're a vampire, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they've heard of vampires before. Right. I, I don't know. That was eventually that got weird to me that they just won't. Well, they and now decided, they're right? Yeah. Right. I mean, they're yeah. anyway. Uh, but you know, we've got like the, uh, really religious, uh, horrible woman who's like sort of like the second in command of the church. I don't know how right. churches work and what right. her role really is or whatever. <laughs> like she's not a nun. She's like a volunteer, right? She's right. just, she's just the church woman or whatever. And, uh, you know, she's all super religious and stuff and, and I thought, like, like this show is making some statements, right, right. <laughs> about uh, right. these people, and her uh, willingness to just uh, conform all <laughs> events to whatever her religion is right. is bonkers, right? Anyway, uh, but that's it, it's a good show though, and it's fun, and uh, I guess. If you can play along with it, you know, it's it's uh, <coughs> like just screwball enough to work. Um, right, right. Okay. And then, uh, so La Brea, the other one that I mentioned, yeah. uh, that's a big thing that's on NBC. And, you know, it's I, I, I can't talk about the show. I've talked about the show a lot already, but I can't talk about the show anymore yeah. <laughs> without just saying it's basically Land of the Lost. Right. Like, right. You, you go through a portal and you end up in Land of the Lost and... The fact that it's a sinkhole doesn't really change anything. Right, right. It's there's this weird portal, and uh, I want to like the show because Uh-oh. it's uh, you know it's I don't trying, know it's right? fun like said, and it was screwy. Was good. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a screwy thing, and it's like uh, I don't know. But what it is for me is it's trying to be too serious and failing miserably at it because. Uh, the dialogue is as bad as you've ever seen. And, you know, the show hasn't gone on uh, uh, that long at this point, and we're, like, seriously just trying to establish all sorts of things and who the characters are and stuff like that. Yeah. But it is all, like, the most uh, boring, routine (laughs) effort at establishing people. Like, (laughs) and, uh, and, I mean, the characters are just kind of corny. And it gets to a point where, for me anyway, it's like hard to watch because it becomes like watching a soap opera, right? right. Like the people are are so unreal. But then in a world, like imagine you had like a soap opera writer who suddenly had to write, right. you know, right. like something hard, we were going to yeah. be yeah. full on serious about, right? right? right. <laughs> I don't know. So, but it's fun and it's, it's. I don't know. It's worth giving a chance at the very least and, you know, see if you disagree with me. Right. Uh, And then moving along in the TV thing, a couple more things I wanted to mention. Foundation on uh, Apple Plus is in its third show, uh, third third episode. Yeah. Uh, Last Friday was the third episode. If you have – all I can say about this 
show at this point. I don't want to, you know, go too far into any of these things. But if you've read the books, don't watch the show. It's <laughs> it's like uh, this is a show where I swear to God, this is a show where we're just like thumbing our nose at people yeah. who've read the books. You read the book right. here. Right. <laughs> Take this. Now you've got bastard. This, yeah. Like this is I mean, it's so weird. It uh the first two episodes, this is the weirdest thing for me, is the first two episodes are cover 44 pages of the book. Right. And get you to the first point where you are not supposed to care about any of these characters anymore, right? Yeah. After that page, we move on like 50 years, and you never hear anything about any of these people again. Yeah. And the first two episodes of the show make up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Right about <laughs> the emperors, and uh, I mean, I'm not even going to describe the show. You even know either know what it is, right. or you don't. Um, but it makes up all this stuff about the emperors. It makes up all this stuff about some other religion <laughs> that's going on. Yeah, it makes up this whole thing about this uh, sky bridge being attacked by terrorists. Like virtually nothing that happens in the first right. two episodes has anything to do with the book. Yeah. Because uh, the first three books of this series are written by a guy who, uh, I mean, it's Isaac Asimov, but it are written by a guy who could not <laughs> care less like, what anything looks like, yeah, right? Right. You don't know what color curtains there are. Yeah. Nothing happens, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we just make up all this stuff. We have to look at like the splendor of the emperor's palace and this giant mural gets all kinds of attention for yeah. no reason. And all this stuff, we're supposed to move on and it's not going to matter anyway. Right. We're not going to see these people again, right? It's going to be 50 right. years later. We're supposed to be off on our own at the edge of the galaxy, like paying no mind to the emperor or the empire or anything. Right? right. But no, I don't know. It is really, really goofy. Yeah. And just <laughs> fantastically irritating. Yeah. If you've read the book, if you've read the books and think you're going to get anything that has anything to do with the books, right. it's so, it's such a bizarre adaptation. And if you're really a fan and you've read all the books and you know, everything that, you know, is going on and they're fresh in your mind. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things that happens in the first episode is that we find out that there's a robot. Right. Which is, uh, uh, <laughs> which is like, if you know the books, just absolutely bizarre. Anyway, uh, if you haven't read the books at all, it might be pretty Maybe interesting. Maybe it'll be all right. It's yeah. pretty and uh, it's a really cool looking yeah. space opera thing or yeah. something and uh you know some of the characters are pretty cool the emperor stuff still i think just goes off the rails because yeah. who cares but anyway um it's it's <laughs> worth checking out but i'm telling you if you've read the books uh i just that's remember the, that i advised you not right. to watch it. That's, I, that's the part i like where you're like is. i don't want to get too deep into this but skip it like, but skip it. <laughs> let yeah. me just give it the F and move uh, on. And then, know. uh, rounding out our TV, uh, coverage, right? If you haven't watched Squid Game yet, <laughs> I gotta, so I gotta, all right, go ahead. I got I got an interesting thing about Squid Game. Uh, if you haven't watched Squid Game yet, uh, because apparently, according to the internet, everybody has already watched it right. twice. Like, right. everyone on earth has watched it already. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no point in me talking about it, but, 
Uh, you know, I thought it was fantastic. That's cool. I mean, it, everybody it, seems everybody that it trusts is a seems screwball like bonkers thing where yeah. it's like, where did we get this? And a lot of it is uh, a lot of it almost feels, frankly, literally random. Yeah, like almost like. We didn't really know what we were going to film today. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. Or whatever. We got gold. Because though. it's like, uh, I don't know, do this. Yeah. Um, but man, it is really cool. And it uh it overplays the characters once in a while. But uh it is like it is like just screwball enough to yeah. actually I don't know, it like sucks you in. It's, I can't it's I can't wild. wait to check it out. The it, the only thing the only thing that's funny that came up on my radar about it is I've seen two different people who are Korean um, and are fluent in Korean and in English as well. So they're like showing these snippets of scenes and they're complaining about Netflix's translation, Weird I guess. Translation. Did you see this? Where Where one woman was like, look, I, I don't expect you to understand every single nuance, but this is an incredible difference of character. And she showed the scene and she read like the translation that Netflix pops up. And then she's like, but that's not what she says, really. What she says is this, which means this. And they're very different things. Like by right. the time you watch however many you know moments of this, you get a sense of her character based on the subtitles but it's absolutely not the person she is. And it would change the show if you knew more of what she was doing. Right. The only thing that made me think of that was when I watched the first season of Dark on Netflix, which is a German show, and somebody had said, absolutely do not go with the English dubbing because it's all wrong. It's, right. It just doesn't get it right. Read the Read the captions instead, even though, you know, it's kind of laborious. And I'm like, I don't, I watch foreign films a lot. Right. I don't care. And I kind of went through half an episode and then went back and did it. And it was really noticeable, like the yeah. difference in what they were saying. So I kind of wanted to wait and see because it's so popular, because it's getting a bit of backlash and because we're in the climate we're in where you can't do anything wrong ever. <laughs> right. I was wondering, I'm like, man, I wonder if Netflix can spin quick and like recaption things so that you get a better thing. Maybe right. I can wait. And now I'm like, well, I don't want to wait. Right. I just want to watch it. Well, and now it, it looks good, sounds good, you know. It, it's popular enough now that they might do anything. Maybe. I mean, I mean it, who knows cuz they're going to give might, another season. It might completely be worth it to yeah. uh and and it ends there there is going to be another season, but it ends where it's clear we understand right. why there's another <laughs> yeah. season and it makes a certain yeah. sense that there's another season. But yeah. man, it's um you know, it's it's a little weird, and it's certainly not for everybody, right? right. Because people are just getting slaughtered, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and it's it's a little creepy in that regard too. But um, yeah, but it, it I mean, it's just fun, and it like hooks yeah. you, and it's weird. That's and cool. Wow, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so definitely check that out. Okay, uh, finally moving on to movies. Uh, I'm gonna go through a couple oh, yeah. real quick. Uh, right. Old Henry is a uh a new western uh that's out and it's um christ what's that guy's name um it's uh it's a western that is uh it's so compact that it's uh it's bonkers it's tim blake nelson uh is the uh main star and really you've got him his son 
this guy that they find and uh, the people who are after the guy that they find, right? Right. And in a way, it's uh, it's very like Western cliche, right? Yeah. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is he? You know, he lives in, on his you know homestead, whatever. He's out in the wilderness ish because he's a ways away from the closest town. Like right. he's just out there. Uh, and they even mention it, right? That uh, he he got this place because basically the the government's deal was like if you can you know draw a line around some land and hold on to it for a year yeah then it's yours there you go yeah and he was like he's like you know seemed like a pretty good deal at the time so this that's why this is where i live right right uh anyway but he's just this uh you know aging ish i mean tim blake nelson's not that old but you know he's a aging ish kind of farmer guy he's a widow he's got a kid who is something like 18 or 19 or something like that and uh and basically just uh they they find this guy who's been shot he's unconscious like his horse wanders up to their land so then they go where's the right right right? where's this guy from yeah uh and they find him unconscious, and he's got a big bag of money. And so they take him back, and uh, and then the uh, quote-unquote sheriff, Stephen Dorff, comes, and he's like, have you seen this guy? And, mm-hmm. you know, then basically hilarity ensues. It's just Western, right? Uh, you know, standard. And uh, we virtually never, like, leave his house. It just all takes place in his house right. almost all the time anyway. Uh, and and basically it's uh, it's just taking uh, the kid who you know wants to leave anyway because that's pretty standard, right? Right. <laughs> All I do is chores, and we're out here by ourselves. Yeah, right. And, you know, whatever, kid. You yeah. know, stuff. Get to work. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and then now we just put uh, the the whole situation under a lot of stress. Uh, because events are right. conspiring against us, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Tim Blake Nelson is just awesome in it. And unfortunately, this movie is just—it's too small. I think it's never yeah. going to get any attention or anything. But man, he is good in it, and mm. he's good in it. Like, uh, I mean, he's good anyway. Uh, he, I'm just he, looking through a bunch of his stuff in on his filmography, and he's in like everything and he's always good yeah and everything but i mean that dude works yeah he's all over the place he is uh he's really good anyway but in this like he is really good uh because he is he's a very exact specific character mm-hmm. in this right and uh and he you know he gives you this guy without doing anything and yeah. it's really really cool and it's cool because uh, you know, no offense to Tim Blake Nelson in, in any way, shape, or form, but it's really cool because he's actually a very little guy. I mean, he is... Oh, yeah, right. He's not a big guy, right? right. But uh, who he is and the way he acts, and, you know, like, he just fills up the room. Yeah. And he is, like, bigger than he is. Right. And that makes sense. Right. Because we... That's cool. ...find out what we find out, right, that he is, you know, he is looks are deceiving right Right, whatever anyway uh so that's a really good movie uh check that out uh as soon as you can uh i give that That well i give that like like an eight and a half i was gonna say that sounds like an eight easy but yeah it's uh you know there are a couple of things that that i'm not in love with about it i think um for one thing steven dorf's character could have been a little bit 
more of like a uh, kind of cunning yeah. black hat as opposed to and and right. that would have the see the thing for me is that in this movie it's all about like people having conversations and their like reactions to things and yeah that would have I think opened the door to have some more interesting conversations other yeah. than just uh, you know give them up. Right. <laughs> I yeah, mean, bring them know, out. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All these things. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but um, the the guy who plays his kid mm-hmm. is not bad, and he's good enough. But yeah, uh, I wish we'd have found somebody else that could have dealt with Tim Blake Nelson better. Right. You know, as right. it, it could have held yeah. held his own with him a little better anyway um you know but other than that i mean nothing that's uh too problematic with it so um okay so moving on we got guilt and that's the uh jake gyllenhaal movie and uh as you brought up before we uh got on there this is like the remake of something that i have no idea what it's the remake i just looked real quick and so the guilty is uh it's a danish film from 2018 Oh. And one of the things you and I were talking about real quick before we started the show was I'm always interested in remakes of films that have almost exactly the same running time because I wonder if that means they're shot-for-shot shot remakes or if it's just got the same pacing to it. This is... Uh, so, Jolin Hall's The Guilty is 90 minutes, and this one, the original one, is an hour and 25. So it's even shorter somehow. Yeah, right. Uh, figure the credits are either shorter or longer right, or right. something else happens. Um, but it, it's literally the exact, and I haven't watched the trailer for the original, but it, it breaks down. It's literally the exact same thing. Right. Police officer the, gets yeah. into a thing. He's working dispatch. He's trying to solve a thing over a course of a night. There's a woman, you know, right. Sorry, but right. But yeah, so it's I'm kind of curious uh, about so, seeing both so of them. it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, there is hardly anyone else in the movie. It's, <laughs> it's right. an interesting, you know, sort of comparison in a way to old Henry because, you know, no one's in it. It's, they're yeah, they're, they're right. not they're not movies with giant casts or whatever. Yeah, this one has uh, he's a nine one one operator because basically he's working as a nine one one operator because he's a police officer and you know it's like basically he's on administrative right. duties or something because he can't be out there or whatever. And uh, and he you know t- and he's pissed and whatever right. and he's going through something with his wife and you know he's got a kid and he's just all sorts of baggage uh going on yeah and he's a 911 operator and he's not real nice to people <laughs> like as a 911 <laughs> operator and uh a lot of that is actually kind of funny um yeah and and i think he delivers it well too like he's not he's not really just like an asshole, even though he right. kind of he could, actually yeah. is. Right. Um, but he's just like, I don't know. He's very short with people yeah. uh, for a 911 operator anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and a woman calls and, and it starts out basically it's like she's been abducted and she's in a car and she's moving and he's trying to figure out how to, you know, get to her pinpointer and 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 basically there's a lot of what happens uh because basically all he's on the phone like right for the movie that's like the whole movie is he's just (laughs) on the phone and he's on the phone with different people and in between he's talking to people around him a little bit 
you know, for a few seconds at a time or whatever. And then he gets back on the phone with someone else. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's, he's talking to her on nine one one. Then he's got to call like, you know, CHP dispatch and try to get a car somewhere. Right. And then he's like, talks to this woman's daughter and then he ends up calling her husband and it's like back and forth and, you know, he's getting pieces of varying stories and all this stuff. And then it all like comes down. It's, it's, uh, I feel like it's too long and it's 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 almost irritating. Um, because so for two reasons, basically, uh, the end is almost like, you know, and here's the, here's the punchline (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I'm not that interested in the punchline, right? right? It's kind of like the the ending hits and I'm like, well, I mean, whatever. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's it like has to end, so it's like uh hooray <laughs> for you that you exposed the ethical conundrums of the universe or something and it's like, right. yeah, whatever. Right. Uh the the ride for me is way more interesting than where we're supposed to get with it. Right. Uh, I'm very jaded to the ending i guess or whatever and yeah um but but also i just feel like uh it's it's written and i imagine it's originally written because if this is a remake it's probably exactly the same i feel like it's written where it's 90 minutes and so that's fast right yeah but i feel like it's written where i have this idea and this is what i want to happen but i gotta make it at least 90 minutes Right, and so now it's like, yeah, I eh, I don't know that that whole half hour there is like, did did we really need all that, or did we have to be ninety minutes long? You know, yeah. like I feel like if this was, you know, whatever, an hour long, maybe even slightly longer than an hour, you don't have to cut everything, but it just felt like there was some of it where I, you know, we could not actually hold the tension right. and like keep things up and we had to talk about other things yeah and so like he's got to call his partner uh and you know at certain points they're like talking about keeping their story straight tomorrow when they go to the you know hearing or whatever but then also he like calls his partner and says i want you to go to this guy's house because i can't get other people to go to the house you know so you just do it unofficially ish or whatever. And there's just a couple of the things that come together where I'm like, eh, I bet we didn't really need that, but we had to make it long enough. Right. Right. And, but still it's really cool to watch. And I am, uh, I am like the market for movies (laughs) where it's, there's just a guy talking. Right. Like I'm sure I'm all about that. that. If you can do that well, then I'm your guy. Yeah. Um, I probably give this like a seven though. It's, uh, it, it's not because of anything that it does exactly bad, but just because, yeah, I just feel like it should have been better. Even though, you know, I'm when you're watching it though, uh, like I was, I was all in, I wanted to know what, yeah. was happening. Right. I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was great. He's really in good it. in that. Uh, he, I can see. He reminded me of, uh, what was that movie? Like Prisoners or Prisoner or something? Uh, where it was like you get this character just by, you know, kind of 
letting him exist a little bit. Right. And it wasn't necessarily like, I have to say this because it moves the plot, right. but just because he's getting to, you know, like he would uh, be in these moments and you were just like, and he's, I don't know. I think he's really good at that yeah. general idea of delivering like a character. Right. I thought, I thought he was really he, good. He's great in prisoners playing the detective Loki. Like he just does stuff that, like you said, he can just find that character. We don't have to rush and hurry and go from scene to scene. And um, the only, just out of curiosity, just looking. So the ratings, you know, not that those mean anything, even though that's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that the ratings for Hall's The Guilty is the average is 6.3. Yeah. And Metacritic gave it a 63. So that actually strangely matches up. The Danish version, the average is 7.5, and the Metacritic rating is 83. Yeah. And it's almost the exact same number of critics. So whatever is going on somehow, in the Danish version, like apparently it's just better. Somehow, somehow I, I'm but, not I surprised by that because uh, there, there are some things that you're trying to do. It's like we were talking about, you know, the the squid game right yeah. like there's when you there's some things where it's like when you wrote it it made sense in your culture not right necessarily because of the exact translation or this or that yeah and you know like when the, you were talking about that german show um yeah dark th- there there is a lot of stuff i know because uh i mean i speak german but right th- you know you try to translate something and depending on who you've got translating, they're like, I don't know, in English, this is this. And then somebody says that in English and you're like, no one would say that. That's not a (laughs) thing that that's not how people talk or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of like foreign movies. Like what jumps out at me is the let the right one in translation where, you know, the American version is okay. It's not terrible. It's not even really bad. Right. But it's just not at all doing the same thing. It's not, you're not getting the same uh, theory of like the theme and mood and everything that's going on. It's just different because they were making it from like a cultural perspective of what's happening. That's a great one too, because the American version, you know, it does have good ratings, but everybody that sees the original is like, well, chill, what are you doing? Right. This is the one to see. So it's just, it is. it is actually like Americanized yeah, and it just doesn't translate completely. Right. And it, and it's just not the same thing. So, uh, anyway, um, but still it's good and it's interesting and it's a, it's a good movie, especially since it's not that long fast film. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of grabs you. And if you don't love, if you don't love the end, like me, um, it doesn't matter too much. Right. Because the end is like, two minutes yeah, <laughs> or right. something. And it's like, ah, and here's the like, result. And I like Gyllenhaal, you know, yeah. and, and he seems to do a lot of good work. He's done stuff with uh, Anton, Antoine Fuqua before, you know, he's done films. So, I mean, I'm sure like you said, somebody throws a screen play in front of him and he's like, all right, I don't have to be a superhero. What am I doing? Oh, it's just me. Right. I'm talking. Right. Oh man, I'm eating this up. Right. So I, I thought it looked, I thought it looked interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, Man, people. So are gonna, we gotta we gotta jump through some some stuff pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so I think let's go to Malignant because I've already talked about Malignant. It'd be uh, easy enough, and yeah. and that ought to be pretty quick, right? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, unless you want to pull a Stephen King here, um, so it got 
it's actually beginning a, like a lot of traction. It, yeah. it was really popular anyway, right? It was getting, right. uh, allegedly, it was getting all sorts of views yeah. anyway. And uh, and then Stephen King said it was brilliant. Yeah. And now it's like... Now it's taken off. Now it's Again. off the charts, right? And uh, as I said, I've already talked about it. I hated the movie in every... You gave it the double zero. In every conceivable way, <laughs> I hated rare. this movie. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was insulting. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, there was, there was nothing I took away. And like I said, when I mentioned it before and I don't need to, um, rehash everything, but like when I was talking about it before, I yeah. told you, i I feel like I owe the conjuring movies, a right. slight apology at right. least because, uh, as, as almost viciously stupid as I thought those were, it was a different kind of thing than is happening with this movie. <clears throat> the funny thing is it's the same guy. It's James Wan. You know, he's right, the guy right. that did the conjuring films and he did at least one insidious film. And I mean, I just remember him from doing Aquaman most recently, but uh, okay. So I get it. You know, I'm watching the first, I'm watching the first, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and I already know what you think. I know what Stephen King thinks somewhere <laughs> in the middle, you know, I might lie. And it's it really is bad for me. Like I, I I can understand why certain people might enjoy it. I I truly can. But it's just one of the easiest things that you said is that it just has to go a little bit further to be like the Wayan Brothers scary movie. You know, making right, fun right, of things because right. it's it's in there. It's got it. Or it has to just step one more direction the other way and be like, okay, let's not try to be as campy, even though we're not being campy. Right. We're being campy. Let's just up it up just a little bit and we'll be as good as we can be, even though it's not going to hit any milestones. And they don't. They stay right in that circle. (laughs) And I'm telling you, there's parts of the film where I'm watching it and I'm like, this sucks so much. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, this is strangely entertaining to me. (laughs) Right. But in like, in like a, the way where it makes it worse for me. It, I right? get it. I get it. Because it is like, uh, yeah. like you said, you can understand certain people enjoying this, yeah. and and I can't unless I know, I know. unless you know <laughs> maybe you're like in a frat house and you're really drunk, right? And there's a big group of people. Yeah. Ooh, this is spooky. and you're all just going woo woo. Tommy's afraid. Yeah, whatever. I mean, other than that, like I seriously cannot. I cannot understand. It would be bad enough for me if I couldn't understand the parts that are supposed to be scary. Because the parts that are supposed to be scary for me, anyway, are like really cheap haunted house. Yeah, like really bad. Yeah, awful haunted house that you know two fifteen year olds put together on weekends or something. And that's the audience, though. But the parts that Uh aren't trying to be scary Uh they are really the worst and you have to sit through a lot of it. you have to sit through a lot of it It it's it's just you know there's a certain amount of campy stuff in the beginning where the doctor's like we have to cut out the cancer and it's got like this david fincher seven kind of credit scene where things are pumping and oozing and there's like this weird techno and you're like wow i'm i'm on edge and you're like this isn't really working because it loses me so quick in the beginning when uh, the main character comes home and she sees her boyfriend, fiance, husband, and he's watching like UFC stuff and she's talking about baby pains and he just, he has like the worst starting line, he, you know, 
how many of my children do I have to watch die inside of you? And he delivers it like he's Brando on the waterfront. Right, exactly. And, you know, and I'm just like, oh boy, this is the film. (laughs) This is the film. And it's just so, I mean, it's plan nine from outer space is giving it actually credit. It's just so bad. Yet, and yet it's trying to be so serious. And what it felt like, honestly, it seriously, honestly felt just like we just saw The Conjuring 3 not that long ago. And that has so much spooky soap opera like people are turning around and talking to each other like i'm looking in away from you and having this big monologue with you and we're sitting on a bed and there's orchestration and there's all kinds of stuff and and it really is just so melodramatic because the scene sucks right there's a lot of that in this there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of it there's there's moments when you start seeing the monster the you know the creature the demon the whatever and you're like okay when i first saw that i'm like this sucks because i swear to god and this doesn't ruin anything early in the film, the boyfriend gets messed up. You know, it sounds just like the ring. Like there's a moment where Samara comes out of the TV and there's like this weird noise and it's the exact same noise when that shadow is behind him. And I'm like, holy crap, this thing's ripping off everything. Like there's no end to what's happening. And that was kind of entertaining. (laughs) So all that aside, I give the film a one and a half. It's not a very good movie. It's, very all over the place. It's just, it's just weird. But the experience watching it, I might give a four. It was a little fun. It was a little fun <laughs> to me. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on Malignant. You just, I just don't. you just have to be in a place uh, to watch this movie and get anything out of it and actually be entertained. That I just don't understand. This it's is a, one of it's these... like a whole other yeah. world for me. That something can be just so yeah childishly goofy that's it that's the thing and be serious about it you know like 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 this movie for me is uh you know if my you know 15 year old (laughs) made a movie on his computer or something and went here watch this movie i'd go shut up that rocks right right way to go now you want somebody (laughs) else to watch it though or like put it out in theaters like I, I don't know. It's just, it's so bad. And everything yeah. about the scary stuff, yeah. for me, I swear, it just got more and more laughable as scarier things yeah. were supposed to happen. Right. We got all the walking backwards and I know. like, yeah, that's, and I like know. crazy things. And, things. and you're just, I'm just like, I, I swear this is like, this is just Saturday Night Live. I this know. Is not, it's I so know. There's, weird. You, but it's so enough. serious about it. If it wasn't yeah. serious, That's the it'd be a whole other movie. There's a whole there's a whole world that most kids won't ever know that we knew that was the video store aisle. And the you know, you went in the horror right, right. section, there's a bunch of just awful stuff. <laughs> and you're just like, we gotta watch something. Let's right. just and the and, bi- and the big thing comes out, but it's all rented out. It's all gone. So but you're, like, you're there. Right, we already we right. watched the conjuring, right? You like that? Well, yeah, you know, and grandma well, won't watch that. Well again. here's the conjuration Let's too. Watch this. <laughs> and what it is is a continuation of stuff for people who haven't yet seen the classics or the really great stuff. And they just want to feel uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's uh, you know, anyway. Uh, so, so anyway, don't go see that. So I'll okay, that. Uh, that's all I can talk about that movie. Okay, yeah. so uh, Cry Macho will hit real fast, yeah, and okay. then we'll get to Venom. Uh, Cry <laughs> Macho, Clint Eastwood movie. Um, it's it's a it's a really strange uh, 
history of this movie, really, because people have been trying to make this movie forever. At one point, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to make this movie, and yeah. it wasn't that long ago. Right. I mean, it was a little while ago. Not but, that that long ago, though. But it wasn't that long ago, and uh, and people have been trying to make this movie for a long time, and finally, I guess, Clint Eastwood said, I'll make whatever I want. And, right, I'll just come in. And people said, okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very odd story yeah for me it's an odd story uh to try to film which maybe explains why it wasn't a film for a really long time and it didn't all come together yeah uh clint eastwood is like this old rodeo star i mean he's 91 right, right. uh he's this old rodeo star turned sort of horse breeder trainer person uh who's working at you know this big time stable, yeah. which uh, I thought one of the worst things about this movie for me uh, in a very crazy nitpicky way is that we never actually see that this guy who owns this thing makes any sense or that he actually has a stable, except that he has a small office with a bunch of ribbons in it. Yeah. And then you go, see all the ribbons? See, I have a great big thing. Like we couldn't have like one shot for thirty seconds of show like a big ranch and tons of I don't know it was right. it was weird uh, it was like some kind of uh, we just don't have the budget for yeah, <laughs> actually right. renting some horses or whatever I don't know I don't know it was weird anyway so this uh, the guy who owns the thing uh, he has th- this uh, he has a kid in Mexico and he has a quote unquote crazy ex-wife in Mexico and he wants his kid and basically he sends Clint Eastwood to go to Mexico and steal his kid from his ex-wife. Right. Clint Eastwood goes, I guess because he goes, I'm 91. What the hell do I care about anything? Right. Right. He goes, (laughs) we don't get really an explanation except the guy kind of says, you owe me because I kept you on for right. 40 years, I guess. Something. And, uh, and and Clint Eastwood goes, yeah, I owe you. And so then he goes. And and he has no idea what he's getting himself into. Yeah. Apparently. The guy doesn't tell him anything uh, much. He, like, gives him a map. Right. And goes, it's around here. Because yeah. it takes place in, like, the mid-70s or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, right. it's go. not like that doesn't make sense. Like, it sounds like it doesn't yeah. make sense, right? No. Um, but he goes, he has no idea what he's getting himself into. Uh, he gets the kid. They go on this like kind of long adventure through Mexico because they're trying to avoid the federales who yeah. are, uh, you know, sent by, cause his, uh, his mom turns out to, you know, be a person of some means right. so she can sick the federales on you or whatever. I don't know. And, uh, and then it's like. This kid, he's like what, like twelve or thirteen ish or something. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then it just becomes. I mean, they right. have their chats and go on their adventures and yep. uh, bizarrely camp, right? <laughs> because we yep. need a western feel to things, sure. so we build a campfire and yep. we're out in the middle of the desert, and uh, hilarity ensues. And there you go. Um, so, uh, I. So I gave this one uh, before we get into it, and you know we're already running out of time. But I give this one uh, three and a half. 
uh, which I have decided <laughs> yeah. uh, that, you know, we have like our different rating milestones and like, you know, movies are sevens and they right, just like right. feel exactly yes. seven yeah. or whatever. I have decided that three and a half uh, translates to why did I watch this? That's <laughs> wasn't good enough to warrant. That's, that's it wasn't like, bad enough. That's like what that right. means, right? Yeah, it wasn't um, bad enough, but wasn't good enough either. It's mostly pretty boring, right? And it's uh, it's kind of like that Oscar Wilde quote, but with like a little twist of it, right? Like, uh, you know, anything that is new is boring and anything that wasn't completely boring. I've seen like a thousand times before. Right. So why did I have to watch it? Why did I have to watch 91 year old Clint Eastwood do it? I mean, it's right. And he just seems off. Right. I mean, I like Clint Eastwood as yeah. much as anyone else, uh, yeah. at least, um, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan at least, um, up until some of his most recent movies that I didn't really love, right? right? But he's got you know, the he's historically, got the filmography right? That stands. I mean, you can I, take a few I misses. really like yep. uh, Clint Eastwood, yeah. Uh, but I didn't get him being in this, even if he wanted to make it mm-hmm. or or get it onto screen. But having him in it was weird uh, for many parts of it, and some parts really weird. I I thought. And, you know, I don't know that it just was, uh, I just kept trudging through this movie going, why am I watching this? What is, what, what is the point of like telling me this? And I, and I feel like, uh, and I could be wrong cause I haven't read the book. Um, I yeah. feel like this movie just does not at all do justice to the book. Like it can't possibly, right? yeah. because the book must have more going on. Cause it's a popular book by a, you know, pretty decent author. Yeah. By Richard Nash. Uh, and I, I got to think there's uh, a more interesting thing going yeah. on. So anyway, uh, but you know, it's not completely horrible. It's not, nothing is bad in it. Uh, really. Um, there's some interesting stuff and it's, I don't know, kill time, I guess, but it's just, uh, I can't recommend watching it because I don't know why I would recommend watching it. <laughs> Even if you're even if you're a Clint Eastwood fan, it almost sort of hurts to watch him do this movie. He it's not just because he's ninety one, but it absolutely is because he's ninety one. Watching watching Clint, it, and it's weird. It's weird to say this in such a way that isn't meant to be ageist. It's just meant to be factual. Like there are scenes that he's in where he's absolutely just fine he's old clint eastwood he's not right he doesn't have a lot of stuff to do with a very simple story but in some in some way that plays to a strength that clint eastwood has with his experience and just his natural kind of clint eastwood charisma like i don't know the guy for real i just know the guy that i see doing press junkets and then the guy that keeps doing films that i liked for a long time when you have to make clint eastwood walk anywhere it looks like somebody just took their first day of working a marionette. Like he's just on the shakiest of old legs and he's earned it. That's fine. I'm not making fun of him for that. I'm just simply saying that I'm watching a movie where I'm now breaking the entertainment wall because I'm watching the actor and I'm going, God, that get that guy a chair. He's just, well, and so, and because it just, it it just doesn't make sense. Right. right? So, and when he's doing scenes like, 
when he's sitting there talking to people. He's great. Right? And and There's it's it's not like he can't get around because yep. he obviously can get around to a certain extent. Right. But it's but it's just not the character that he's supposed to be right. playing. That's true too. Know? And there are scenes also where he's you know, he's he doesn't have to really run anywhere. But forget the hilarity of the very crafty editing of him breaking in this Bronco. Okay. (laughs) Forget that. But the scenes of him dancing with Marta, just like and moving around in other ways, sometimes he's gliding. It's just fine. Right. But you just look and you're like, that dude's having an off day, but he's got a film. You know, he notoriously, if he's a director, you get one take and you're done. You know, he, he is very famous with other people who say, you know, can I have another one? And he's like, well, sure. You want to waste everyone's time? Go ahead. You know, so he's he's gruff, but he's there to do with the job and get done and go on. Preparation is everything. Okay. So uh, there are parts of the film. I, I gave it a four. I just realized I didn't say anything. I gave it a four. I think it's below average. And I think most of that is because the front half of the film is so uneven. The stuff with Clint with Dwight Yoakam is fine. I don't buy anything that happens when he comes to his house and he's like, you know, you owe me. And he's like, right, yeah, because right. he, he's trying to convey the old gunslinger like, yeah, I owe you. Right. All right. Give me the keys. You know, all that happens too quickly Too, there's not enough backstory there, though. They think they've done it by panning over and showing all these stories of him right. winning one rodeo after another. And also ending up with the one where he breaks his back. And I'm like, I'm sorry, no dude's going to put that on his wall. That's right. just there for us. So already the storytelling is unreliable and not what I'm used to with Clint and, Eastwood. And it's so quick, that thing, like I mentioned, you know, he just says, you owe me. And he says, yeah, I owe you and stuff like that. And, you know, to a certain degree, like I'll fall for that. We're just trying sure. to move on to the rest of it. our movie if he's 65. Right. So this is a bit different. Here. <laughs> so, okay, maybe in 1971, if you're 91 or you're 84, whatever he is, you're not in your 70s. You're like, nah, all right, let me go. Right. Let me do this. Get it off the book. When he finally meets up with Raffo and the kid, I don't, I don't want to do like the Phantom Menace Jake Lloyd thing. I don't want to rip on him too bad. He he got cast and he's probably fine. And as far as I know, he might have done everything Clint Eastwood told him to do and how he told him to do it. But it is so patronizingly, I guess, racist to just make him talk the way he did. Like he's like, I'm here for your your dad wants to see you. And he goes, My dad wants to see me. He's like, yeah, your dad. And he waits a minute. He goes, my dad wants to see me. Right. You know, and he's like, that's right, kid. It's so patronizing. He, he's, he's very it's corny awful. in the things that he's and, supposedly And the kid says. is maybe directed to do those things because there are scenes later where he doesn't act like he's five. Right. And, and if he's a streetwise kid who's been abused, he's in cockfights, he's, he's stealing cars. You're not that night. I th- I kept waiting for the kid to let the Edward Norton like duality roll off. Right, he's really right, like a right. sociopath, and he's like playing everybody. But he's just this wide-eyed, naive kid who's like, "I'm going to America." Right. I'm going to America. You know, and it's just like I get it. Stop making him talk like Tonto. Right. Stop right. showing him in such an ignorant way. I get that he's a, a kid, and the best part of the film is the center when he settles down with. Uh, Marta and the girls and he's teaching them how to break the horses they're making a little money that part of the movie is just clicking on everything because there's chemistry 
forget the fact you have to there's watch. There's a certain amount of purpose to it. Right. There's a thing where we got to lay low a little bit everywhere else. And then yeah. you see that, but, but I'm giving it mostly negative reviews for things that are a bit outside of what Clint Eastwood is doing as a performer and hold him entirely accountable for everything he's doing as a director. You know, he, he makes a phone call to the kid's dad again. And Dwight Yoakam is like, Hey man, the plan's still on, right? Like I got to have this kid. Right. And he's like, what's the big deal? And he realizes there's an ulterior motive. But in that moment, I'm like, Hey, why doesn't Dwight Yoakam just send another car? Right. Like I got guys, I got a 58 year old that right. looks pretty spry. Get in the Oldsmobile, meet him at the, like go pick them up if they're stuck. There's all kinds of reasons why they're in the bind they're in that don't make any sense at all. There's all kinds of stuff that happens that just doesn't seem believable the way it happens. Yet right. still, the charisma of wanting... I'm, I, I found that I'm rooting for Clint Eastwood. I'm watching it and I'm like, just do it, man. Get. Right. I want you to have a good time. But and no. in the end, the film was below average because of all kinds of weird side things that don't have much to do with the casting, but just really like... The directing, like how he pulled that together. I feel like I don't really get why you're here and why you're doing this. And I can't believe you threw a punch and hit somebody <laughs> like a third your age. Right, right. That dude ought to have every card revoked. Like right. how do you get hit by slow molasses coming at you like that? You <laughs> know, how are you a henchman? The inter- right. The interesting way that they get out of fights <clears throat> is more engaging than the time they had a fight. Right. And the kid's mom like patting the bed and he's like, hey. Methuselah, why don't you come lay right, down with right. me? And I'm like, you don't ever do that. Right. And right. if you want to lay down with me, I know you're crazy. I'm out of this town. You know, and she's like, you got five minutes to get out of Mexico City. And I'm like, I was in Mexico City in the 90s, and I don't imagine it was much smaller in the 70s. You can't get out of Mexico City in 50 minutes, let alone five. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just all these weird things that just miss. It's yeah. just a misfire all over. So anyway, all right. So uh, avoid that one. I would. Anyway. I'd skip that one. Know. That's kind of weird. All right. Uh, so now we're uh, getting um, really desperate on time, and yeah. we got uh, Venom. Uh, Venom. Let there be carnage. Let there uh, be carnage. And uh, and man, uh, it really sold a lot of tickets. Yeah. And uh, people want to see. God, I hated this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and I didn't even get... Here's the worst part about this movie is yeah. that uh, I didn't like the first one. Yeah, right. The, the first one was okay. Right. I mean, the first one was not uh, really awful. Like, I hated it and yeah. I was going to give it a zero or something like that. You know, it had its moments and it was... Uh, yeah. You know, the whole, you know, back and forth with you know, the, with venom and, and all that stuff. And you know, it, it was okay. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and what it did have was it would have like some, you know, pretty cool action going on (laughs) and you'd at least get that out of like your trip. Right. Right. Um, Tom Hardy, I thought in the first one is not really great, but you know, he's good enough because it's a goofy thing. So how good do you have to be? Right. And, uh, you know, they had uh, some interesting dialogue parts and some interesting, like, uh, you know, fighting with each other parts. Yeah. And they had some interesting action. And I didn't even get any of that in this one. Right. So it's like all the things that I didn't like about the first one and none of the things that yeah. I, <laughs> that at least kind of carried me along. I thought Tom Hardy, as much as it's so weird that this is basically like his vanity project at this point. Yeah. Like, this is just... 
He, this is just his, he wants to do it. It's his Deadpool. And he wants to do it, and he's going to make a bunch of money. So hooray yep. for him. Yep. But I thought he seemed the most uh, of any anyone except perhaps uh, Michelle Williams. Right. Who, uh, but the two of them just seem like they're phoning this in in a way that is bizarre. Yeah. How do you have like your vanity project and you don't seem interested in doing it? <laughs> like... Seems how, like how, a do, how does that yeah. come together? Yeah, that seems backwards. Uh, but then it's also all of the action is stupid. Yeah. Uh, all of the action is about Carnage, who, uh, you know, basically the, the move, this movie seems to be made by somebody who saw Venom and went, I don't know, that action makes a lot of sense. What, right. the, what are you doing that for? Let's have some action that makes no oh, sense. God. And Carnage is like, you know, an amoeba that like can yeah. turn himself into anything, and and then just smash and stuff randomly. And I I swear, like we walked out of this, and uh, <laughs> and my initial reaction was just it was sad. It, yeah. it like again, like it feels like it's made by a twelve year old who just found the controls of the CGI and went make it do this. <laughs> right. Woo! Right. I mean, hooray for us. We right. did that. And then the movie ends. Um, cause I don't know that we need to, uh, go all too into this. I thought Woody Harrelson, uh, f- as strange as this may seem, I thought Woody Harrelson was really good in it. Yeah. He just had stupid stuff to do, right. but he was good yeah. at doing the stupid stuff where Tom Hardy could not like convince me that he had seen the first movie, much less the <laughs> <laughs> like it's his movie or whatever. Right. I Tom Hardy like pushed me away in this movie in the weirdest way. Like yeah. he seemed like he didn't want to be there. He didn't seem like uh it, like the effort was irritating to him. Woody Harrelson I thought was the exact opposite. Woody Harrelson uh looked like he was having a seemed blast. like he was all yeah. in for this movie. He was like yeah. Maybe this isn't great, but I'm going to do right. what I can with it right. and and try to make something work. And, you know, he's a little over the top in some parts that I think w- it would have been better if he wasn't. Um, right. But everything in this movie is as over the top as it right. can be. So let's just make everything over the top. Right. And then I'll tell you, the, when the movie ended, I came very close to like having an actual like reaction <laughs> right right when the movie ends and it's like how we defeat carnage yeah. i mean i really came close to right letting to, everyone to just know spouting yeah. off in the middle of the theater <laughs> that is the goofiest yeah uh, that is like some uh some producer came in and said uh look you're out of time right i want to see this make so it end do this now <laughs> or right. whatever it was it was so weird and we've got um I can't remember her name is like Shriek or Yeah. Something. It's Naomi Harris is um uh um everything about that character was awful she, and she Francis. should have just not been in the movie at all. Yeah. The the whole movie would have been better in every way if she wasn't in it at all. Or if she had to be in it, she could be in it just enough. Uh, that she could do her little shriek so that Carnage could be pissed for a second, mm-hmm. and and we could see that he right. he was, uh, <laughs> you know, not in sync with Woody Harrelson or whatever, right. and and that, and then and then move on. And yeah. abandon. She, I mean, she was bad. Yeah. 
And and I think just you know I don't I don't know about the actress necessarily uh, being bad, just the character, the whole story yeah. about her, everything everything to do with that was bad. But the movie was uh, as a whole, seriously, just everything about it. It yeah. was just sad. Yeah. It was uh, like I was bored all of the time, and there were no like there was no f- there was no funny cool stuff. Right. Anything that was supposed to be like the funny parts from the first movie right. was boring. Missed, and yeah. missed completely. Um, I give it a one. That's what I it wrote. was. The only saving grace of this movie uh, was that it just was stupid. Yeah. I don't, it was just a miss. It it wasn't. It wasn't. It had a lot of negatives, but it was more that it just had no positives at all, or it would have been zero easily. But, uh, but it also had uh, Woody Harrelson was pretty good. There are a couple of parts that are okay that I didn't mind, but just so much of it was I was just bored and I almost yeah. couldn't believe I was watching it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's my take on uh, that fantastic movie. Yeah, I don't have to go too too long on it because we're we're pretty far in um, anyway. But I didn't like the first movie for a number of different reasons, and I didn't mean to interrupt. But like you were saying, you you were hitting it. It's just this is a vanity project for Tom Hardy, in my opinion. It's what. He, I don't think I'm not attributing this to Tom Hardy because I actually I like him very much as I do too as a person. He Outside seems to stand up. This, just he does a I bunch like of him things. And everything else, and I like his work, but I like his. I like Tom's look on the world, and and I don't assign that he wants a Deadpool of his own. But this is kind of it, not just because it's a comic character, not just because it's breaking some fourth walls, not just because it's trying to be super funny when it's really very hyper violent. I can take all that. Um, But the first film was a real dog. And he famously said about the press junkets with this one, he's like, I, you know, people took a lot of crap swings at us. I wanted to figure out why they didn't like it. I want to try to make it better. Okay. So there's going to be a third one because this one's just, despite the box office, it's mystifying. The story's boring and unengaging. The special effects are okay, but then they become rote. Like, it's just, I get it. There's so many things that happen. There's maybe three lines throughout the whole you know, hour and 50 minute or two hours of the film, you know, there's maybe three lines that I think are funny that Venom has, you know, one of them is so throwaway when Michelle Williams, uh, fiance shows up, you know, Dr. Uh, Dan, you know, and Venom's like, we like you, Dan, you know, I mean, I'm just like, okay, that's kind of funny, but man, what am I laughing at? Right. Now? Like, where right. are we? Right. You're, uh, you're at the bottom of something and, and I don't want to forget to say this, so I'm uh, going to yeah. interrupt you, but the, yeah. I do like the one part where, they come to like the final battle and yeah. Venom's like, Oh, we got to go. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Like right. I do like that yeah. part. And then Tom Hardy's just, uh, you know, standing there. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> that part is yeah, pretty good. Okay. It's not worth the uh, whole movie though. It, it, there's a whole fixation that I'm against on carnage anyway. It's just this thing that people seem to love in the stories. And now they think it's a big thing in my mind. Outside of the Mandalorian, this is exactly the Boba Fett problem. Somebody thinks something's better than it really is, and they run with it because of T-shirts and toys. Uh, I, I, I wanted to give it a zero. I really did, and I kept thinking that's not the right number. You know, and I'm not thinking double zero. I'm just thinking like it. It just didn't feel like a zero, except it. It is a zero. I gave it a one. I think you make a. I mean, you hit on something. I was trying to figure out why I thought it. Woody Harrelson's really the only good thing in the film. 
it, it's really the only fun thing in the film. There's a couple small moments with Michelle Williams where she's got a very interesting relationship with Venom. Right, and right. It, it is explored for about six or seven minutes and that part's fun for yeah. me and it wasn't that, amazing but that in, could have been that could have been an interesting more. thing but you know when venom eventually like disengages from her and she's like i gotta try that again you know but to be quite honest i don't even know if that's the right line maybe she said i can never try that again right like i couldn't even tell it's just bad all the way through for a bunch of things for me that are just absolutely disengaging so much to the point that i i kind of like naomi harris i you know i thought she was good in the in the um, Jack Sparrow films. I thought she's been good in the Bond films. When she showed up, I actually did not recognize her. I thought, oh, they got a... Uh, in my mind, we used to play a game of if you can't afford actor X, right, you get right, actor Y. Sure. So I thought, oh, they got the poor man's Naomi Harris. And it right. turns out later, there's a moment where it's quite clearly her. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Naomi Harris. Right. I didn't think she did as bad a job as you did, but I didn't think she did a great job. And I think she's a I think she's a really gifted actress too. Yeah, so, I, uh, like I said, I don't know that it's her either. Right, it's I think just it's just the character. But is this so film, stupid. this film, people are going to come and they're going to love it, and I'm going to like, I get it. You want to go to the movies and you love Venom in a way that right. I don't, so I'm not going to get it. But I would steer everybody away from this film. Yeah, it just ugh, God, especially this sucks, especially because. Um, you know, if you like it, you like it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie for me that it's just like, uh, you know, I want to go to Disneyland and I want to go on a roller coaster. Right. And then when you get off the roller coaster, you don't go, I didn't like that story, right? I mean, <laughs> right. you just go, look, it's right. a roller coaster and that's all I'm going to get out of it. And that's all I care if, yeah. if it has. And, you know, if that works for you, fine. Right. But man, there are so many other things to do with your time. Uh, there are so many things uh, out there right now that right. you could be watching instead of this. And they're trying so hard to make Venom a thing. Like there's a real push here to make it more impactful and important. And now that they, without spoiling anything, you know, it, this is no spoiler for anything because the MCU is trying to bring everything that's its property back in from X-Men to Fantastic Four, from other studios to Venom. I just, I don't care. Right. Like, and I feel like if I watch the end of your Marvel-inspired film, and I don't care, and I'm a Marvel fanboy, I'm I'm on the MCU, I'm all over it. Make fifty more films, then you've messed up. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. So that's that. uh, yeah. So avoid that. Next week, uh, we're gonna at least have James Bond, Bond and possibly man. some more, um, really because there this. are there are some streaming things hitting, yeah. and some of them are pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll at least have James Bond. I am very nervous about James Bond too, uh, probably for different reasons, much different but. <laughs> reasons. But I'm, I'm, you know, and I and I I'm gonna. We've already gone over time, and I'm not gonna. Uh, keep going over but it is funny how everything is coming out of the woodwork for james bond yeah. right now where everybody wants to find a way to talk about james bond yeah and i did see this one thing that i just uh, have to throw this out yeah. because uh i can't remember <laughs> if it was it was something like i think like slash film or some some big like internet uh movie thing i yeah. can't remember but they had like a article that was like uh, why Skyfall is one of the best Bond movies of any era. You hated it. And I went, you know, tell me you don't like Bond films without telling me you don't oh, like Bond God. films. You and I still disagree <laughs> just, about Skyfall. That's okay. It's just... It's a good movie. It, it's not a Bond film. 
<laughs> it's a total Bond film. And for anyone who wants to hear more of this argument, go listen to us when we reviewed Skyfall because you still had the same position. And I felt that, of course, I'm biased, but I felt I countered it. Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning yeah. in. And uh, we'll see you next week with yeah. some awesome uh, James Bond coverage. Yeah, right. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.